Welcome to Trauma and Pop Culture, a monthly podcast where we seek to make knowledge about trauma accessible to the everyday person through analyzing books, movies, TV shows, and other elements of popular culture through a trauma lens. I'm Katherine Spearing, and I'm a trauma recovery coach. I also have a master's degree in religion and cultures and work with survivors of trauma on a regular basis. A word about popular culture. This could be material from modern times, like a Taylor Swift song, or it could be something really old that has retained its relevance over time, like Shakespeare. On most of the episodes on trauma and pop culture, I'll be bringing other mental health professionals into the conversation, but occasionally it'll just be me. While we will be sharing general information about trauma, we are not diagnosing anyone, which is one of the reasons we'll likely stick to fiction most of the time. Please be advised that every discussion assumes everyone has listened to or read or watched said popular item. Expect spoilers around every corner. Occasionally, we'll record these episodes while drinking or eating, so you'll often hear us discuss our food and beverage choices. Just wanted to give you a heads up. If you have questions about trauma or a show or movie or anything you think would be great to analyze, send it to traumaandpopculture at gmail.com. As I mentioned, I am a trauma recovery coach who also works with clients one-on-one. If you're interested in working with me, you can visit my website, katherinespearing.com slash coaching for more information and use the contact form to reach out. While you're on my website, you can sign up for my monthly mailing list, where I'll send out more tidbits about trauma, what popular culture stories I have found helpful on my own trauma recovery journey, plus a few other things you might enjoy. While the tone of this podcast is mostly lighthearted and fun, we will be discussing trauma. There might be some elements that are activating, especially if you're a trauma survivor. So move slow, take care of yourself. If you find yourself overwhelmed, you can always take a break and come back later. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the super weird film called The Northman. I'll be with Heather Gargas, who is a trauma therapist based in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. What the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? What the actual oh, fuck? no. Okay. That was a fucking okay. weird movie. So first of all... I'm going to need more wine. Get, get yourself more wine. Get yourself more wine. Okay. So. <laughs> trauma in the Northmen. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Okay. So how many movies did we see in this movie? We saw... Oedipus Rex. Yep. Oedipus King. Yep. Oedipus King. We saw Lord of the Rings. Yep. Pirates of the Caribbean. Hamlet. Macbeth. Macbeth. Macbeth was totally in this too. Totally. It was very Shakespearean. Or very like, I want to be Shakespeare, but didn't quite make it. Didn't quite make it. (laughs) Sword of the Stone. Mm-hmm. Did Django Unchained? Yep. There was a little bit of that yep. happening. Beauty and the Beast. Very little Beauty and the Beast happening. It was just a hodgepodge conglomeration. It was Gosh. like a teenage boy's fantasy. I want to... These are all my favorite movies. Let me put them all into one. That's basically and, what happened And, and make here. not a lot of sense. And make no sense. But that... I mean, that relates to trauma because sometimes trauma... Trauma can, doesn't make sense. <laughs> How we're responding doesn't how make sense. We're, how we're responding in the moment isn't quite rational. Right. It doesn't make sense. Amlin, our our protagonist here, definitely makes some very rational decisions. And I'm trying to decide, is it trauma guiding him or is it the fate of the gods guiding him? 
Well, we definitely know that he was traumatized as a boy when he watched his father being murdered. Mm-hmm. You can That's just very see it on his face. It's very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. You can see it in his reaction. He freezes and then he swears to get revenge. Away, swears to get revenge. All of those types of things. However, also, you know, the prophecy was being declared before. It's the, true. Like the father the knew was it was going to happen. Yeah, it was already being declared. So fate is very intermingled yeah. with this traumatized child story. Yes. Do you think revenge is a trauma response? <sighs> That's so complex. Because trauma is a result of powerlessness. Correct. And revenge mm-hmm. gives you a sense your of power. power back. And like and so, I can control yes. this horrible thing that happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I would say in many ways, revenge, the desire to revenge can come out of being traumatized. For sure, we see that in a lot of literature mm-hmm. and a lot of film, a lot of culture, you know. And we see that in grief a lot when yes. people are grieving, they are looking for something to blame, like yes. someone to someone to be responsible for Correct. this thing that happened. Correct. And sometimes just having somebody responsible isn't enough. They want to take matters into their own hands because they feel like either the justice system is failing Mm -hmm. them or there isn't, you know, such a gray situation that they don't actually have the resources or the, going back to power, the power to, yeah, to feel like justice is being served. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see that in the Northmen, right? Like, they don't have a justice system. They don't have a justice then. system at all. And it is, it really is, if we're, if we're looking at revenge through the lens of trauma, mm-hmm. the fact that his entire life was a pursuit of revenge, it really was a pursuit of taking back agency yeah. and taking the story into his own hands and writing his own story. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm stretching it a lot. <laughs> But it does, like, right? Like, that moment in time when his father was killed defined the rest of his life. It is true. It's right? true. That armband at the very beginning of the movie looked painful. painful it was, like, yeah. cutting into his blood. Okay, so okay. there were a lot of big people in this movie. Yes. Alexander Skarsgård is in it. Nicole Kidman is in yeah. it. Ethan Hawke is in it. Yep. I had much higher expectations for this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Anna Taylor Joy, right? Uh huh. She was fantastic. also on it. She's a great actress. I don't know who the actor is that played the son of the uncle, but I would say he was probably the best actor in the whole film. Yeah, he had very good subtle facial expressions. So I also want to talk about my trauma from watching this. Film. Great, <laughs> let's do it. But I do think about like this time period. And yeah. What would they say? It was. 895 AD, Oof. right? Oof. Yeah. And I, and we were discussing this beforehand, this idea that like trauma is the like different levels of trauma. And like when you live in that world and that world is normal to you, this world of like vengeance and violence and people, they're all taking things. Like they're all, yeah. they're, they're stealing slaves. They're building kingdoms. Yeah. They're stealing gold. Yeah. And if we, if I were to live in that world, I would be severely traumatized. Me, like coming from Catherine, today, modern day, modern Catherine, day, yes, winning that world would be severely traumatized. But do you think that the people who live in that world are as traumatized because they are so used to 
that violence and that survival way of life. Is it taking the same toll on their body internally because they're used to it and it's just normalized? Well, you know, I wish that we had some of them here that we could like actually talk to because I think that would be a freaking killer. But we can, you know, kind of hypothesize and theorize about what that can look like, right? So if we are looking at the the movie, towards the beginning of the movie, the king was talking about how he wants to die, right? He's Ooh. got mm-hmm. this plan. He wants to die in battle. He feels like that's the most honorable thing to do. And so in this culture with all of this violence, like dying in this violent fashion for his people, yeah, for his kingdom is very honorable. Whereas, you know, in modern day, that's not necessarily what we we, consider we move towards. I mean, death. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like we have a lot more resources and a lot more ability to move from living in an everyday I'm going to die Situation Now, are there still people in America who live every day like they feel like they're going to die? Yes. yes. That is mm-hmm. totally a thing. Mm-hmm. I think that is different categories of, of trauma, right? And so you've got... Yeah, and if we think of trauma as like an injury yeah. on the body and an injury on the nervous system, yeah. if you are constantly in that survival state, yes. you're basically living in a constant survival state. Is that impact the same if you're used to it or not maybe you feel less powerless there is a chance that you feel less powerless when you live in this state of like i could literally die tomorrow like they even said that in the film Mm -hmm. like we don't know if we're gonna live tomorrow Mm -hmm. and so so living in that constant state of i don't know if it do does it make oh and like healing for trauma is presence and Living in living in the present moment and being able to be present and not be stuck in the past. Yeah. And so maybe because they have this very like present today is the only day I have mentality, there is a chance the trauma is not as bad. The impact of the trauma. I mean, there's always, you know, a chance of things being highly different. And I think that there are things that are highly different from that time period to today. Like you're saying earlier, like you're not used to all what? of that blood and guts and things that are like showing up in the shocking. film. Yeah, it would be really tricky when that's not a part of your everyday culture. Now, if we look at like, you know, prolonged trauma, I mean, we even notice it with this guy, with the main character, the son of the king who was murdered. Like, he could not get out of his trauma response. Right. Right, it's so like he continued to be and live and and like survive in his trauma response of revenge. There was in the in the film. There's a slight shift when he met his love. Yeah, and I'm you know probably butchering her actual name, but Anna Taylor Joy. Like he started to shift a little bit. Like you started to notice that because like, he had purpose. Now he had purpose again. It's not just about revenge. Mm-hmm. How love? I mean, right? It's a it's not a real story, but you know, he <laughs> we en- hope. Yeah, yeah. We hope. He ends up continuing on his path of revenge of that prophecy. Mm-hmm. But you do notice, which is really interesting and does and is truthful in terms of like healing, is that that connection with her Ooh. moved him towards like actually kind of thinking again, should like, sh- is this my path? 
Mm-hmm. Like, he actually got on a boat, and they were going to sell away. Mm-hmm. And... Well, and that shifted because he realized it became less about revenge and more like protecting his future generation. Yeah. And that was a different... That was a different pursuit. Yeah. Than the pursuit of vengeance. Yes. Still think it's a little messed up. <laughs> yes, very much so. Let's culturally appropriate to the context of the day. He realized he needed to protect his future family. Sure, sure. So he had to go after it. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah, and then in those days, like life expectancy. I mean, I don't even know what the life expectancy of that. I know in Napoleon's day, life expectancy was 50. So this is like pre-Napoleon days. So way pre-Napoleon days. So who knows? Their life expectancy could have been 35. So trauma is a reason for that for sure. Absolutely. And then also a lot of other factors like hygiene and war. War, killing, culture, <laughs> like all of that for yeah. sure. <laughs> so trauma certainly plays a role plays a role in their life expectancy. Yes. Absolutely. And then if you think about the fact that the number one way that women died in that time period was childbirth. Yes. And the fact that a well part of that is what you have access to medically, mm-hmm. but then childbearing is also a trauma. Yeah. On the body, on the body, very much so, and and the ability to even like carry a full term child, correct, in a healthy way, right? Trauma impacts your ability to carry carry a child and to even to get to conceive in the first first place. So that's going to have a huge impact on. I'm really digressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really stretching this a lot. <laughs> so yeah. A lot of trauma in this film. Yes. We have to dig for it a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting that people are being drawn to this type of film right Yeah, now. they keep making they stuff. They keep making stuff. What do you think that's about? I don't know. That's a great question. It feels like it's like post-Game of Thrones. Like people really Ooh, like... We want this violent mm-hmm. survivalist mm-hmm. fighting for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I totally yeah. agree with that. There's also like a resurgence of period dramas now yeah. with Bridgerton yeah. and the remake of Persuasion. Like we have a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of period dramas and I think it functions in the same way as like a fantasy story. It yeah. takes us out of our real world yeah. and places us in a world that's completely foreign to us which allows us to escape yeah not sure i would choose <laughs> i probably wouldn't choose that was something we were talking about earlier is like how this particular storyline this particular plot did not develop very well and they did not develop the characters very well so mm-hmm. it was actually hard to connect to the characters who were being traumatized or you know threatened by or being enslaved by mm-hmm. these particular people groups and i think that that was a lack of cultural appropriation from the film because we we don't relate with vengeance like that's yeah. not a modern concept vengeance for killing my family member <laughs> like like that's not a common thing that we experience so i feel like they could have added some desires from the main character that allowed us to see to relate and connect in a different way because vengeance just wasn't enough for no. me that it wasn't enough because it's always me. yeah it's because it's always way more complex than just vengeance exactly right so like yeah there's probably a part of self if you've experience you know something as traumatic as these characters have there's definitely a part of self that wants revenge that wants vengeance but it's mm-hmm. way more complicated than just that's all i, I want. want you to suffer yeah 
or I want you to pay, I want to pay you back for what yeah, you yeah. We think, we think, sometimes we think on the surface that that's enough. And I think just like you and I both as abuse survivors, like we have our like moments where mm-hmm. like, oh, we really want, <laughs> we really want the assholes to have to suffer. But it's so much more complex. Way than more that. complex than and that. Especially in this, like in this case, it's a family member. Like yeah. he has affection for his uncle. Yeah. Like the fact that he can go quick, so quickly to like revenge right. for an uncle. Right. Like it, it wasn't really human. Yeah. And you, and we see a similar dynamic with his mom. Yes. Right? He like, switched so fast. So fast. There he had so confusion. much affection for yeah. her. Yeah. And then as soon as he found out that she betrayed him, yeah. like, boom. In a heartbeat, he's, he's he was vengeful. vengeful. Right. That's yeah. not normal. That's and not so normal. It was hard to connect to that because it was like you, you needed the confusion. You needed the shock. You needed the, like, so much, like, so many questions and thoughts what and what do I do now? And, like, I don't want to kill my mom, but at the same time, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's this... I think they tried. There was an effort a little bit. He was like, what do I do? I don't know what I want to do. But then he's like, I'm going to run away to the hill. That part was weird. I'm going to run away to the hills and then I'm going to come back and kill them. Well, why don't you just kill them now? Like, you're already here. (laughs) Like, what's going on? Why are we escaping to the hills and then coming back? I don't, I didn't get that part at all. Me neither. Especially because they already (laughs) knew that he was with the... Right. On a Taylor yeah, Joy's character, already, and he told her to her. stay, mm-hmm. and it's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense, because they already know that y'all are attached, and so, if you leave, and Nicole Kidman, the queen, is like, hey, like, my son has actually not died, and he's here, mm-hmm. who are they going to go after? They're going to go after her. And they did. And they did. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, and so then he had to give himself up, and there's just this whole, like, there could Ooh, have been a lot of avoidance. We need some more conflict here. Yeah. Let's have him run to the hills. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. But it would be really interesting to see it written from, like, a trauma perspective. Of, like, how those decisions are motivated out of that flight or fight or freeze. Because he did freeze. He freezed for several years. Yeah. And when he was, like, living with the dog people. Yeah. Like, that was a total freeze response. Yeah. Just, like, kind of totally and passive. And a lot of ways, too, a reenactment. Mm-hmm. Right? He's really reenacting the trauma that he experienced by going with this kind of, like, mob of killers and just mm-hmm. going around and killing different villages, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's this, like, reenactment, and he's like, you know, the perpetrator he really wants to kill is his uncle. Right. But he's moving towards and, like, pushing towards, okay, I'm going to, like, get that release mm-hmm. through killing in these villages until that prophecy showed up again yeah absolutely totally a trauma response yeah. to and just exercising it's an attempt to exercise agency you have all of this anger and this rage that stems from powerlessness yes coming out in that context and and it was culturally appropriate yeah to murder people yeah in this context not culturally appropriate now but True. In that time period, it was totally reflection of his trauma mm-hmm. that he was a part of such a violent tribe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then and then went to a tribe of some sort, have some sort of community and have mm-hmm. some sort of protection mm-hmm. that was very much a survival survival response. And they just all live in a tr- survival trauma response. The yes. entire time period yes. is a survivor trauma response. Yes, it is. Very much so. Any final thoughts? I don't know if I would recommend this movie. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. 
There are other really great shows. There, well, there's Vikings. Vikings is not for everyone. It's very violent. And, but it also, I feel like it's probably the most culturally aware of that time period yes. and, and embraces that time period. Vikings Valhalla, it was very entertaining. Really yeah. like that show. There's The Last Kingdom. Mm. The Last Kingdom is really good. There's, there's, it's not full, full on Vikings, yeah. but it's definitely in that time period. And there's more like Englishman world kings overthrow. I would say Last Kingdom has a lot of really great character development in terms mm. of like having investment in characters and investment in a storyline. That is based on characters. Yeah. Which is what I need to really like a show. But yeah. the Northmen, nah. No. Don't, don't don't worry about it. Don't yeah. skip it. Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this episode if you've already watched it or if you just want to learn about trauma. That is my that's my heads up at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next time when we talk about trauma in House of Dragons. I wanted to talk about those three, those three scenes of sexual abuse that we don't always see as sexual abuse and, and how that trauma might show up for someone when they have experienced sexual abuse, but it's maybe not a violent rape and they don't see it as, maybe don't see it as a violation that scene was difficult to watch and from most women that i talked to it was a pretty heartbreaking scene which i think the very fact that watching that scene anyone felt heartbroken or disgusted or a number of other emotional words that might come to mind i think immediately i appreciated at least that i appreciated that it wasn't a sensual scene